You are about to meet your new favourite source of ebooks and audiobooks, as well as learning some really interesting things about growth, customer experience, and mobile apps. It's the e commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It is great to have you here. If you're listening to this as it comes out, I hope you have almost got Christmas wrapped up because we are coming to that marvellous point where the last orders come in and the last orders go out the warehouse. So I hope you are getting through it okay. I am thinking of you all today. Um, In today's episode, we're exploring something a little different. Uh, Rather than talking to kind of a standard e-commerce business, we are going to be talking to a business who are selling primarily via an app because they're selling kind of entertainment, edutainment products. They're selling ebooks and audiobooks. So I suspect a lot of you will be interested in their app because it's really cool and they're a B Corp, so it's better than buying from other places that you might want to buy your ebooks and audiobooks. But we are also going to be exploring how and why they've started the business, how they're building the business, how they're growing their sales. There's some great SEO tips. Who'd have thought that coming up? And I do mean Google SEO. I don't mean App Store SEO. Um, Loads of interesting things come up and some great top tips as well from this particular guest. So make sure you listen right to the episode so you don't miss out on her top tips and my own take on this episode. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Kelly Fairbrother is co-founder at ZigZag, one of the most innovative tech startups in the UK in 2022, according to Tech Nation's Rising Stars competition. Now, ZigZag is a bookseller and the app offers the first ever listen and read experience without a subscription. Founded in 2019, they've already got 50,000 app downloads and are fast approaching £100,000 in annual revenue. Hello, Kelly. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Before we go any further, just need to let everybody know, ZigZag is with an X. So X-I-G-X-A-G, anyone who's already gone, I need that in my life. Um, or, you know, just visualizing the words like I do. Uh, ZigZag with Xs. Um, but Kelly, how did you get into e-commerce? So I, I guess my background was mostly consulting and I was working in a, a startup in Norway, actually. And the founder would challenge us all to read business books on a regular basis. And the only way to survive uh, in that environment was was audio again. And and I'd come away from audiobooks after about 20 years. So coming back to audiobooks after that break, uh, I was just surprised at how little had moved on. And um, I couldn't see illustrations. I couldn't look up words I didn't understand. Uh, 
And I just felt like, gosh, this is still really books on tape. So I reached out to my uh, co-founder, who's just an amazing uh, media tech guy. And I said, hey, I've got this kind of crazy idea to do something a little bit better. Um, and we could bring audio together with E and you create this richer experience for people to enjoy books and to get more out of audio. It is so surprising when we, you know, we, we're all surrounded by, as, as business owners, adverts for get this software that will automatically transcribe your meeting notes and automatically transcribe this. The, the, the tech to match spoken word to written word is there, but just seems to be totally lacking in the publishing world. Yeah, I think, well, I think they're really concerned about, you know, rights and they believe in the segregation of rights. Uh, but I think the challenge, you know, as we see it is, you know, those subtitles are, you know, generated by computers and they're, and they're kind of rubbish. I don't know if you've ever read or had it on while you're listening, <laughs> yep. you know, so you're missing the quality dimension of it. Uh, and, and so, you know, what we're trying to do is actually, you know, what we think is just complete the book. So as an audiobook listener, I'm a huge listener. Um, I just, I want the complete experience. I think I should be able to see the illustrations. I think I've paid for the book. I think I should be able to see words that I don't understand. And I, I think I should be able to search if I can't find something that I, I remember hearing about. And, you know, these feel like really basic concepts in digital media today. Uh, and so, you know, we just thought it was important to bring it to users. Um, yeah, just to make it a little bit better. And a lot of the businesses that have so far entered the digital books, audio and yeah. text <laughs> yeah. arena, have so far done it with kind of like a hardware first approach or a hardware at the same time as a software approach. But you've gone, we're going to, uh, you know, use people's existing devices to do this. So it's not a hardware first approach, it's pure software. Is that simply because we're in the 2020s now? Or was that something you wanted to do for other reasons? I think part of it is just, you know, we're a small company, one thing at a time, <laughs> you, know, you have to, <laughs> you have to prioritize. And also we just think, you know, just think about how great your phones are. Think about, you know, your digital media app, your digital news app, and how much how rich it is and how much time we all spend you know scrolling through and reading pretty long articles and also listening to podcasts and you know all of these things are happening on your phone today so why not just take advantage of that and make something that's really easy and accessible for people and don't make people have to spend more money to enjoy something that you've built you know all of, we're trying to you know for us it's a lot about accessibility and making books more accessible to more people to get everyone to enjoy more books so the last thing you want to do is you know force somebody to spend another 100 or 200 pounds to to get a, a, a some hardware that you know is proprietary to you but maybe someday <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day so a lot this is, this is a bit of a backwards question but also i'll explain why i'm asking it when that hopefully it'll make sense why i'm asking it so the question is basically why have you gone app first and not web first? And the reason I'm asking it is because the majority of our audience are web first and get people saying, hey, you need an app, you need an app. <laughs> and they may or may not need an app, but apps are kind of like a bright, shiny object for most of our audience rather than a obvious slam dunk of, a, of an opportunity. So if we could understand why you've gone app first, it might help everyone work out or get a better understanding as to where apps fit in the e-commerce ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just comes down to, um, you know, protecting the, the content. Uh, so we have uh, some quite stringent 
um, standards that we need to meet for, uh, you know, digital rights management as it's known DRM and uh, protecting that content from being shared illegally. And the easiest way to do that for us is to put it in a self-contained app in which you cannot actually port the content externally. So some of it is, you know, we're responding to the demands of publishers in, in order to deliver this. But also we just felt like, you know, it's just simple. You know, everyone is used to kind of app-based entertainment these days. It doesn't feel very foreign to people to say, oh, well, I've got this app and I've got it all there. I think that's the next step we take is that you actually don't have to go out of the app to make a purchase. Unlike, you know, um, some of our competitors, you can just click and download instantly. And so it's a really frictionless purchase cycle as well, which we think is, you know, part of our advantage. Yeah, I think for anyone who's, who uses Kindle and such and you know Audible etc you you can burn through <laughs> through cash on those platforms without really realizing what you're doing um which is you know done correctly is a is a brilliant frictionless buying process so the app therefore is is legally beneficial for the, all those rights issues but it's also uh it, it's matching the user experience of what customers expect you know we 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 expect it to be to be app based and then within that you've also built a community aspect which you know as someone who's who's embarrassingly only recently got into goodreads which is another book community it is it's a space where people want to trade trade thoughts and ideas isn't it so was is community been part of the piece from day one uh, it has. I think we're we're still working on that piece. If if I'm honest, I think you know, as I said earlier, you know, you've got to prioritize, and there's only so much you can do. Um, but we just launched a revamped version of the app that uh, enables those social experiences to uh, to you know to have a bigger role, so that you can start enabling. Uh, more social engagement and interaction around books. But from the beginning, we had sharing built in. So, you know, you could always take a quote from a book and share it on social media. Those are some of the earliest functions we had, which is also part of why we were we, we were app-based. It was because some of this you can't actually do from a web, you know, or you can't do it that well from a web-based experience. So if you build this tech, you've got to kind of build it in a, in a native app. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, we believe social recommendations are the future. So, you know, when computers are stupid, algorithms are going to tell you something that you may have searched for, but whether or not you're going to like it is a different story. But your friends and people you might follow, they absolutely are going to have an idea as to what you're going to love because they've loved these things and you, you've loved similar things. And so we believe that that's the kind of future of, of our, certainly our app is this kind of community-centric recommendations, social recommendations, social engagement around books and and also and also i think that the other observation is that most of you know most reviews are really physical book focused still and so we our reviews allow people to make comments on how good the narration was and did you enjoy that narration and what's the quality of the of the production because we think that's core to the the entire experience that someone's going to get on our app yeah i love how many levels of looking after the customer and bringing them back into the app you're building in. Um, now, most people who listen to, or a lot of people who listen to audiobooks will be familiar with a subscription option. You're not a subscription option. You've got quite an interesting pricing model. So could you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you you devised it, I suppose? Yeah, I guess, you know, I was, a, I was an Audible customer um, and I was so annoyed that I, if I would finish one book, I had to wait till the next month to get my next book 
or I had to buy three at a time in order to get, it was all this very convoluted. Um, and then when I didn't, if I didn't have time to listen, I still had to pay, which just made no sense to me. So I felt like consumers do not consume books linearly. You know, we should enable people and encourage people to, you know, binge if they want to binge. And we have this great series behavior happening where someone gets on and they will go through, you know, 20 books in a series over the course of about 80 days. And you're just like, yes, go for it. And, you know, and just like, why, why is that model set up? You know, why is the Audible model set up that way? And, and, you know, unless it's designed to kind of constrain demand, we just want to unlock it. We want to encourage people. So our pricing model starts at the same level as a subscription. Um, but you can, the more you listen, the, the better your prices get. So about every five books, you get a, 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 get to a better price tier up to about 20 books a year. And, you know, and, you know, you're, it's really affordable for a lot of people. And I think that's kind of our goal is to make books more affordable, to make it more accessible, to listen and enjoy. Um, and yeah, and to really encourage people to, to be listening more. To do all of that, what does your team look like? I'm guessing there's a lot more tech people than there are marketing people at the moment. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how small our team is. I think <laughs> um, we have this awesome, perfectly formed team. Uh, so my co-founder is just, you know, among the best in the world, the digital media tech. I think I might have said that already, but he's just amazing, and uh, and he built most of it himself. Uh, you know, he, he we came from a world where we were both at a company that was um, almost the biggest fulfillment partner to Netflix. So he really understands content management and he's built this amazing content platform that's probably the most advanced in the industry. Um, and then we brought on a young developer about a year ago now named Dennis, who's been amazing and has helped us more with like the uh, this new version of the app and the front end experiences. And, and he's been brilliant. We have um, uh, one of my old friends uh, who is leading digital marketing for us and she's also amazing and then we've got a, a guy who's a publishing industry um, a, you know former executive and an insider who's helping us build out our content uh, strategy so he goes out and helps us uh, he's like my sherpa to the publishing industry helps us navigate uh, the, the industry and to, and to get more books uh, on the platform. And, and that's, you know, he's hard at work at that. And then we just had a, a new person join our team recently named Rose, who's leading our um, social media experiences for us, which we're really excited about. I think people who haven't ever had anything to do with the book industry, and I'm both a author slash publisher, and uh, I have also, ooh, maybe a decade, more than a decade ago now, been the marketing manager for a book website and tried to build a book website. Never again, <laughs> never doing it again. Um, people will think, well, that's really easy. All the data exists, the products just exist. You plug them into the back of the website and away you go. <laughs> but there is, you know, there's millions of books out there. There's huge stock, a stock list, as it were, a huge number of SKUs, arguably, well organized via ISBN number, which anyone in the book industry knows is not actually true. And the data you get provided is not, it's kind of adequate, but it's not great. And then you get the whole complexity of, well, it's not a paperback, it's more complicated than that. I imagine that just getting stock as such has been it doesn't surprise me you've got one guy who knows the publishing industry who's working on it full time. Yeah, I mean, we, I would just say that one of the most fascinating things to us about getting into this is how 
the, the publishing industry and digital books generally are built on tech that is decades old. You know, that's what, that's just been astounding to us. So yes, there is a standard for how information about a book is trans, you know, is passed across to us, but the standards <laughs> at least 11 years old. Um, and, and, you know, a lot, most publishers don't follow that standard. There's a whole layer of nuance around, you know, the adherence to the standard. I mean, it's, it's been a real challenge. And I'd say that, um, I'm so happy to have a co-founder who has to deal with it because he's brilliant at it. He enforces it. He's, I would say he's kind of teaching the publishing industry about their own standards and how to, to, uh, adhere to them. Um, but to us, it's our advantage. You know, we, we have built a system that is that kind of understands what the industry is like and can adapt to it in a way that's fully automated. So almost 90% of our content gets published without a human intervening in any way. So there is, you know, if you can, if you can kind of wrangle that uh, analog nature of the industry and automate it, you know, we just think there's a real superpower in that. Yeah, a massive barrier to entry for anyone else. And there are a personal question here, which I suspect the audience is in as well. Do you find that those who are most most attracted to the audio plus ebook are the non-fiction or the fiction readers, listeners? Well, it's interesting. We we think one of the great challenges of audiobooks today is that it's kind of self-fulfilling in the sense that the books that are being produced in audio today are produced in audio because they're easy to listen to. And yet, if you can solve some of the we, we would say the structural um, limitations of the format by enabling uh, illustrations to be displayed, you can unlock a whole load of other books that have just never been made into audio today because, you know, you have to like read through a table and describe it. And that's not a great, uh, you know, audio experience for a lot of people. Um, so what if you can just make audio, you know, um, available for anything you know kids academic books take a book uh, to the gym and go for uh, um or go for a run and you're still revising you're still getting you know some value out of your time and and so we think there's just a ton of potential around audio given that it's a massive global trend um and and we're super excited to kind of be positioned to to take it you know, to answer your specific question, you know, we, we have a really broad range of, of titles. And I'd say that, uh, you know, our customers uh, basically track the market in terms of what they're listening to and, and based on what's available, you know, on the app, if that makes sense. And another slightly Chloe-centric question. Uh, we have, as a, as a podcast, we're now trying to encourage our audience to become more sustainable with how they run their businesses and their lives and, and so forth. Oh, and this is one I'm I'm struggling with in my own reading habits. Is a, an ebook, an audiobook, a paperback, which is the most sustainable option for information consumption? Um, it's a great question. We we have done some analysis that suggests that our books are 0.21% of the carbon footprint of a paperback book. So uh, so a really big difference, really much more sustainable solution. Because if you think about it, the way the industry works today, a lot of books are printed in China, shipped around the world. Um, and, and think about the paper consumption, the water consumption that goes into producing the paper. You know, there's a lot of layers of resource that goes in before we even talk about carbon. And then the distribution where it's shipped around the world and shipped to a distribution center and then pushed out to either, either an independent bookshop or, you know, from a distribution center to the last mile to your house if, you, if you're ordering uh, online. 
And, you know, and our view is there's a lot of, you know, waste in that system. And if you could unlock digital experiences and make them better than they are, than they have historically been, you can really challenge the dominance of physical formats. And if you think about it, like the news industry, you know, I, I, I've not picked up a newspaper in, you know, at least five years, I'd say. And, and, I'm, uh, and I just think this idea that if you can make it rich and you can make it really um, a brilliant experience, then I think it's, it's a really much easier way to be, you know, to have to drive sustainable consumption for, for book lovers. Um, and that's, you know, part of our aim. Um, where we've uh, just been given B Corp certification. Um, we're, we're trying to claim this space as a sustainable business and, and to start a conversation within the publishing industry uh, that, you know, digital books are the way you're going to meet your sustainability ambitions and, and thinking about how do you support that in a different way than, than maybe we feel we've felt supported in the past. That makes sense. Congratulations on the B Corp status. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That is a lot of paper filling. Um, <laughs> it's all digital, all digital. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I should say paper in inverted commas yes, yeah. uh, filling in, shouldn't I? So the business is, is fascinating. What you're doing and the mission you're on is fascinating. How have you gone about getting those those app downloads? How have you gone about growing the business and growing the, the audience you're talking to? Well, we started um, on Facebook because that was all we could do. Um, we we didn't have a website. We put, we put all the effort into the app, uh, just as, as you talked about this kind of prioritization between one and the other. So we put all the effort into the app. We didn't have a website. Um, the only way we could get people was to sort of tell them about what we were trying to do. And yeah, we saw it come through. People were coming and they were kind of interested in the concept. But what we found was that they weren't necessarily converting to purchase. So we were paying a lot for the traffic, but we weren't getting the um, that conversion off the back of it. And, you know, you can imagine that that's the case. People are on Facebook to do something different, not to find an audiobook. Um, and then so we then invested in building out the website, which enabled us to be present on search. And we're present on search both from an organic perspective, as you can imagine, we've got 50,000 titles on the app now, um, but also paid search. And, and paid search was a real kind of transformation for us in the sense of we just tell people we're out there and they're finding us and people are looking for alternatives to big tech and audiobooks. So it is quite an easy sell and, and our, our conversion rate is probably improved by about 3x since the Facebook experiment. Um, and we're just doing, we're trying to do more all the time. Um, but search is what really works for us at the moment. Uh, we know there's much more we need to do around organic and, and book talk. And uh, there's a, a big focus for us over the of the coming months is is getting that to work better than, than I think um, we've been able to prioritize it before. So, but yeah, I think that has kind of been our journey. So people looking for an alternative or an audiobook space they are finding you in search and then coming to the website which ex i guess on the website you can explain the process a lot better than you can do in the restriction of the app store be it google or apple where you know half the screen's taken up by the install button it's not really a sales <laughs> page is it it's a call to action page yes yeah you have to be pretty committed i think already in the app store to to get the thing that you want you have to kind of know what you're looking for although i mean the app stores will claim that there's a whole load of search and exploration that goes on there. It's just not been that lucrative a channel for us uh, as a promotional channel, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. And um, what's got you most excited about what's coming up in 2023 for you guys at ZigZag? Well, the, the social and community experiences are a huge part of what we're doing. Um, 
I, I'm really excited about that. Um, we are working really hard to build out an international catalog. Uh, and so we're, we're uh, focused on the UK market and all of our marketing has been in the UK, but we have customers from about 29 countries and, and we have a global catalog, but we really need, you know, US content. So we're working on US content and maybe some uh, a US expansion uh, just to, because, you know, all these businesses are global, you know, it's, it's really hard to not be found uh, in a, on most of these platforms, which are global platforms. So we find that actually we don't want to disappoint people. We really want to make sure we have the content um, when they when they arrive. Um, and yeah, I think that those are probably the most exciting things for us that are that are coming up in our in the next six to twelve months, I'd say. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Cash is king. Are you tying up your capital with goods that take months to arrive? Wave goodbye to cash flow headaches with Trade. They pay your supplier invoices up front and you pay Trade back up to four months later. This lets you free up capital to invest in your growth. No dilution, no complicated repayment scheme, just a transparent flat fee for each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if trade can help your business grow at trade.io forward slash master plan. Now, trade is spelt T-R-E-Y-D. So that's T-R-E-Y-D dot I-O slash master plan. We've all reached peak frustration at one point or another with Google Ads. You've created a beautiful campaign with all the right keywords and targeting and ads that are the perfect fit for your perfect customer. But the sales just aren't coming in and you just can't work out which Google Ads lever you should pull to fix it. Sound familiar? Well, thanks to my friends over at Specialist PPC Agency Digital Gearbox, you don't have to struggle any longer. Digital Gearbox take the hassle out of navigating the murky, dark arts waters of Google Ads. And right now they're offering a free in-depth account audit for anyone who might be stuck in a rut with their campaigns. To improve your Google Ads performance, please book your free audit today at digitalgearbox.co.uk forward slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Kelly, are you ready for the top tips? I am. Okay, the book top tip. And I warn you, I'm expecting a great recommendation here. Um, If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read slash listen to a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I was going to recommend Traction. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's you know, 19 ways to just go out and find the channels to drive customers to your website. And I just thought it was kind of the most appropriate one I could choose for for this particular podcast. Always love a, 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 a recommendation for Traction, um, a very popular book. So the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, I definitely would say automated content generation to drive SEO results. I mean, I think I'm, uh, we're just scratching the surface of this and it's already really powerful for us, but uh, how do you create ways in which content is being auto-generated by your system so that you're always fresh and you're always getting developing new content that's always being published. Uh, And 
and and the backlinks and all of that. I just it's been really powerful for us, and I think it's a uh, and it's free. Um, I mean, the effort isn't, but it, it it's really self generative in terms of the uh, the power it can have on the business. Uh, and so that's just been amazing for us since since turning on our website. Can you explain a little bit more about that? What does this this automated created content end up looking like? Is this per book title that you've put on the site or is it? Yeah, so I think it's, I mean, I think the idea, and this could apply to anyone in e-commerce, but if you can create ways in which when new things are launched, they're automatically generating content about them, right? So, and that, you know, the effort you're putting into one can be put into multiple places on your on your website. So for example, we have, you know, a new releases blog that could, can be automated by pulling in all of the new releases, you know, everything that's been released over the last month and put it into, uh, you know, a blog piece that's saying, hey, here's all our new releases for this month. Um, and if you can, if you automate that system and you basically, you know, do the headers and the footers, the content kind of sings for itself. And then you're creating, you know, links within your website. You're, you're creating, again, content so that you're relevant in these spaces where, you know, new releases for audiobooks, for example. And so the, the ways in which you can set up the website and your product pages, creating additional content from them is kind of, you know, it's, it's just this power, like multiplier effect. Uh, and it and it doesn't take a great deal of human time. I mean, it takes a lot of time to set up, but once you get it going, it's just really powerful for your business. And I think that's that's been really important for us. Brilliant example, perfectly explained. Thank you very much, Kelly. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, I, I'm always going to recommend the ZigZag app. I think if you have a, you know, a workbook club or ideas you want to share, we, we listen to, sometimes we go through themes where we're all listening to the same book and just riffing off one another. But I don't think that this was the, the marketing was the, <laughs> the self-promotion was not really what you were after. So I'm going to also just give a plug to Slack. Uh, for a remote team like ours, it's critical in terms of our being able to communicate with one another. Um, and we were able to sort of, uh, celebrate one another's successes and successes of the business and it just feels like we're not remote it feels like we're we're all re super well connected and uh, that's been amazing for us excellent and yeah I, i'll take both those recommendations i think for remote teams having a team book club is a brilliant idea and to be able to centralize it all in one app where maybe it's all run by the company credit card so you're not making your team buy books is a brilliant brilliant move uh, okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, I would go back to the Traction Book. I think that one of the coolest things about the Traction Book, and you know, this is one of those things that I wish I had done better and a bit more disciplined early on, but you know, it basically says, look, there are 19 different ways you can think about growing your audience. Find the, the four or five that you think are going to be you know, relevant for you, take $1,000 each and put them at each one of those things or less, run an experiment, get the data, and then double down and tweak and refine on the things that seem to work for you. And I think that we did that. We just did it over a very extended period. And there's probably more that we should have done in there that we just weren't aware of. And so I just feel like that book is, was really powerful for us as a challenge of like, okay, 
there's much more we could be doing here. What else should we be doing? And it's just always like, there, there's always more to do. Um, and it, it, it's just really great to talk about it in this disciplined way where you're running a test and you're looking at the data and you're looking at the results and then, and then refining from there. Brilliant advice. And what we should all be doing always, especially now when we're in this kind of like post cookie apocalypse, post Facebook ad taking over the world, world where you can't rely on the Facebook ads alone. You've got to do more than one marketing method. And how do you find them? Your test. So uh, yeah, thoroughly agree with that top tip. Um, Kelly, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah. I mean, we're on, um, our website is zigzag.co.uk. So x-i-g-x-a-g.co.uk. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. You can find us anywhere. If you typically, if you search for zigzag audiobooks, you'll find us, uh, click on the one that's not the ad, please. Just every little <laughs> counts. Uh, and yeah, and we have a, an offer for your listeners as well. If they'd like to, we've, we've done a buy one, get one free offer. Perfect in time for Christmas, uh, zigzag.co.uk slash master plan. Cool. And guys, that is xigxag.co.uk forward slash master plan to get that buy one, get one free offer and get your learning over Christmas sorted or just your relaxing to a nice fiction book. Happy either way. Um, Kelly, thank you so much for that amazing offer for the audience. And thank you for being on the podcast today and being so generous, sharing your experience with us. It's been lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Lovely to meet you. So quite a different type of e-commerce store there, but some great insights, I think, as a, you know, kind of a juxtaposition to what most of you are doing. When it comes to apps, that kind of one of those first topics we were talking about, why are they doing an app? Because that's where their customers expect to find their product. So do your customers expect to be able to buy from you via an app? If not, you've got to have a really good reason for doing it. And secondly, they, uh, they also kind of have to because as part of their agreements with the publishing companies who own the books and the audiobooks, they are having to control the digital rights management side of things. And that is an awful lot easier via an app where that content is in some ways restricted. Plus, then they can add in those community aspects. But as we got into a little bit later on, in order to recruit new customers, they need a brilliant website that they're having to SEO. So they're having to do kind of app marketing and website marketing in order to make the business grow, which is two things to have to learn, which is always that little bit harder. So consider that when you're thinking about those apps, and then I also, you know, I love the fact that they've, you know, she shared those those brilliant tips around growing the um, growing the business with following the tips, obviously from traction, but also that SEO regeneration. I think we as an eco in the e-commerce space, we've always been a bit bad about making the most of the content we create as run of run of the mill business. I remember back when I was working in catalogs, the copywriters would write maybe a couple of hundred words per product that would get reduced to about five sometimes in the catalog. And that would somehow never make it as far as the website because our systems weren't set up well. So we were just jettisoning all this brilliant content that somebody at some point was paying to create. And I think that idea of automating more of that data into creating SEO quality pages is something we could all think a little bit more about. How can you repurpose the content you've created to create more quality for your business. 
You can get your hands on all our notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our direct episode links. So just put ECMP for ecommercemasterplan.info forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page for each episode. How cool is that? When you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. In our newsletter, every week I'm giving you a learning recommendation, a tool recommendation and a whole load of other stuff. And if you were subscribed to our newsletter, you would already know if you're an audiobook and an ebook junkie about ZigZag and the fact they're a B Corp and about that brilliant discount code or buy one, get one free code they've just given you all. So well worth adding yourself to our email list if you want to be getting things hot off the press from me. And if you like this episode, then do go and uh, head to, I guess, ecmp.info forward slash startup to find out about more startup businesses that we've talked to, because I'm pretty much going to fit zigzag into the startup space. Thank you all for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.